This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 23, What You Focus On Grows. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hi, everyone. So good to be with you again. We just had our spring break last week, and we got a chance to take the kids back up to Michigan to some places that closed down during COVID. They were able to go back. We also checked out a few children's museums. I even saw a rat basketball game, yes, with real live rats. It was the highlight of a lot of the kids' trip that day. And yeah, we're just enjoying the warmer weather. My daffodils are starting to bloom in the front yard, and we're starting to get some new growth on some trees that we cut back a lot over the winter. So I wanted to get started in on today's podcast topic. And this one is really about how what you focus on grows and that you can change what you focus on, even if the events have already happened. And coaching really helps. It comes into this because it helps you to focus on your past, your present, and your future in a way that really serves you. Okay. So a lot of the context for this podcast is going to come from one of my favorite books recommended to me by my sister, Cami. It's The Happiness Advantage. It's by Sean Acor. And I just want to read a couple of things that he talks about in this chapter about the Tetris effect. They do some experiments on people, (laughs) fun ones, I feel like, because they got to play video games. And they have them play Tetris for hours and hours on end. And after they're done playing Tetris, they actually start to see shapes and images all around them, even when they're not playing the game. And they said that it even warped the way that they viewed real life situations. And it didn't really help because life is not really Tetris. (laughs) In the game, it might be helpful to be thinking about which way you can rotate a shape and how you can make it fit. But in real life, it's not very helpful unless you're packing the back of my car when we're going to go on a big trip. My husband is an excellent packer. He can Tetris in all of our gear and our luggage perfectly. So it could be helpful then, but for the most part, not super helpful. Okay. And so what happens is that sometimes we get into a habit of thinking or behaving a certain way and we get stuck in it. Um, in the book, Sean Acor talks about sometimes there's a person around you that they are always complaining or there's a boss that focuses on what a con- what an employee continues to do wrong instead of how they're improving. Or you might have a colleague who predicts doom from before every meeting, no matter what the circumstance. And Sean gives them a lot of grace. He says that they don't usually try to be difficult or grumpy. It's just that their brains are really good at scanning for the negative. That's what they see. They have trained and honed their brains through years of practice to see the negative. And a lot of times we're often rewarded for noticing the problems that need solving. A lot of times it helps us to be able to do our jobs a little bit better. People like it when you can be proactive with the problem 
solving it before, it's a big deal, but it can be a big issue if this is all you're looking for. They also talked about how they looked at tax accounting accountants from a tax accounting firm and their job mostly was to scan tax forms for errors and their brains got really wired for looking for mistakes, which was a really good skill for them to have there. But then they took it home and it was not a good skill to have. It was really difficult to be one of their family members because they were always looking for the worst in the people around them because they'd been training their brains to look for the negative and for look for mistakes. Same thing, they also studied lawyers. Lawyers will come home and they are used to looking for all of the details and having a lot of critical thinking skills, but then they go home and depose their family members, which didn't lead to really great relationship outcomes. And the problem is that individuals, we can't compartmentalize our abilities. So you miss out on being able to experience joy and happiness when you have a bias towards always looking for the negative. And I wanted to introduce a term to you called selective attention. And that refers to the processes that allow an individual to select and focus on particular input for further processing while simultaneously suppressing irrelevant or distracting information. In plain English, this means that we all suffer from selective attention and we take things and that's the thing that we focus on. Whatever we've decided, we start to focus on it and we shut out more information that doesn't hold up to the thing that we're looking for and we we shut out the irrelevant that doesn't look for that particular thing. And I'll give you a really good example of this. Give you a couple examples, okay? Because what you focus on over and over again, that's what your brain is going to start to look for. So I want you to be thinking about, how do I see the Tetris effect in my life? What are things that I'm doing over and over again that I'm bringing to every area of my life? And also, where do I have selective attention? Where I just am really focused on this one thing, and so I keep seeing it more and more in my life over and over again. Okay, so here's the story. My sister really loves the Jeep trucks. So she saw one on the road, and I don't know how many she saw on the road before she decided, I really love that truck. But after she made that conscious decision that she saw that truck and she really liked them because they look so different from other vehicles on the road, Then she started seeing them everywhere and she would call me. She's like, oh my gosh, I just saw another one. I saw another one. And then I started seeing them everywhere. Now, were there really more people buying and driving these Jeep trucks or was her brain and my brain just more focused on seeing the ones that were already there? (laughs) Now, this can apply to our life, some of our relationships and how we navigate those in life too. For me, the same thing happened. I was talking to a coach a few years ago and I told her just offhandedly, oh, I just don't have as many people that would have helped me when I lived in a different state than I do in this state. And she asked me why. I said, well, I mean, I would just ask people and they wouldn't show up and they wouldn't help out. And she's like, okay, tell me about one time that happened. And I had to rack my brain and I had to think about it. And I was like, There actually was never a time when I could consciously remember asking somebody to do something and them not showing up. Now, it probably did happen, but I had decided 
they're just not going to show up. And if I ask somebody and they don't show up, then I'm going to feel disappointed. So I should just never ask anybody for help. And this was during a time when my health was at its worst. I was in the throes of kidney failure, on the kidney transplant list, young kids, pregnant, all of the things. And my brain had selectively focused on some of those times when I had wanted to feel supported and hadn't felt supported. And it had taken that as evidence that people don't want to support me. People don't want to help me. And my point about this is because really, you can even start to look at the past differently. Now, in the past, I thought that people weren't going to be there for me, but then I could start to remember the times that they were there for me and build up evidence that it was okay and actually good for me to ask for help along the way. And I still try to go and ask for support. I think I've talked about that in other podcast episodes. So our memories are always evolving, especially when you change the focus of what you're looking for. And when I started to change the focus of what I was looking for in those memories, those memories started to loosen and I started to see how much help I actually had gotten and how safe it was for me to ask for help in the future. So when you start to understand that we have a filter, this selective attention that we put onto our lives, our brains have so much stimulus that's put into them every single day, we cannot possibly take in all of the information that we're given. So our brain tries to select what is important and filter out the rest. And sometimes this is really good. Sometimes it can really help us, but you need to be consciously aware of what am I focusing out? In my example, I was focusing out people that were supporting and helping me. That was not a good thing to focus out. And so now I can look at it from the past and I can see the whole picture, even if it's in the past. And I also know that whenever I'm suffering, feeling some sort of suffering emotion, maybe self-pity or um, judgment or doubt about something in the past, it's usually a signal that I'm believing a lie that there is actually more evidence out there about the entire past than I am allowing my brain to filter in. And I can go back and see a bigger picture, which in turn helps me to create a better filter for what experiences I'm going to be looking for in my present and bringing into my future. So one of the ways that I have changed how I select my focus is by focusing on savoring especially when your brain wants to trick you into feeling like there's something wrong with you because that's what your brain is used to thinking about. Your brain craves some familiarity and predictability because then it doesn't have to work so hard. Savoring and enjoying and experiencing something from the past allows your brain to start becoming used to feeling a new feeling and getting that dopamine hit from the savoring and not being in this fight or flight with this elevated nervous system reaction. So if you are changing your focus from shame and guilt about how things happened in the past into savoring some amazing things about that past, could even be the same experience. It's so weird. I know it sounds strange, but it's completely possible. I've done it. Okay, so as you go from focusing on the past, maybe in a little bit of a negativity, selective attention, and going towards the savoring, this is creating a new habit for you. 
And your habits are your training. So are you focusing on the old things that you used to do or intentionally bringing in new habits and creating a new selective focus that you want to? Okay, I want to give you a little bit of an example. My family, we got some rock climbing equipment just over the past year, and we've taken the kids out rock climbing just at some state parks recently. And the kids, as soon as they start to climb, they might get up to a little point and then start to look down and realize this is kind of far. Like I'm a little bit scared. And what we've been able to tell them is trust your gear. Trust your gear. We know that we have them safely harnessed into their gear. If they fall, we will catch them. And when they fall, they'll stay at the same level. They might dangle from the rope for a little bit, but they can go grab onto the rock again and start climbing from the same level and then keep going up, okay? This is like our habits. Your habits are your climbing gear. You revert to your level of training, which is always your habits, okay? So if you fall with your habit, but you have your gear on, it's gonna keep you protected and allow you to get back on the rock and to keep climbing up. So if you have the habit of starting to look towards your past with a little bit of the negativity selection, attention selection, (laughs) then if you start to see that happen, you can start to shift into a more abundant mindset if that is your habit. And the more that you trust your habit, you're going to realize that even if you fall back into old patterns, it's not like you fell to the ground. You have the gear of your habits on and it's gonna keep you at the same level so you can keep climbing higher and higher. You can trust your gear. You don't have to fall if you have the gear strapped on and you trust it. And so part of this habits is what can I do to change what I am focusing on? Okay, so for me, I had a couple of experiences recently. I got invited to teach a class on self-care society a month ago, and it was so exciting for me. I love teaching. I love the people in the community, and I love preparing for it. However, at the end of it, I had all this fear come up after the class was done that I hadn't said it right, or I didn't say enough, or I should have said more, or I should have said less, like all of this negative self-talk of how I used to talk to myself after I did something that was outside of my comfort zone. What I've changed is that now I recognize that old programming, that old speak that I used to have about this, and I changed it. I changed it into wait a minute, this is an opportunity for growth and expansion. How can I savor what I did and celebrate it so that I can get those positive emotions, those positive experiences, so that I'm going to reinforce that positive focus rather than being relegated to the negativity bias that I'm used to. And so as I did that, and I was super nervous, and I was dwelling on all the things wrong, I realized That is a conscious decision and one that I can shift out of. And I shifted into the mindset of how can I savor this moment? How can I savor this experience? This is something that I've wanted to do forever. 
And the same thing happened just a, a couple weeks after that, I got invited to speak in front of a group of youth. And after the talk, I felt all of this shame. I felt all of these things that I hadn't done it right. I should have said less. I should have said more about this thing. All of this negative self-talk. And I realized this is my opportunity for growth and expansion. I'm used to talking negatively to myself when I do something. Now I'm ready to shift into the new. I'm ready to have this attention of what did go right. What can I learn from this? Because the learning is the point. The learning gives me the growth, gives me the expansion. And as I was doing this, I remembered that as a little girl, I had somebody come and speak to me when I was a youth. I wasn't a little girl. I was in my early teens. And I remembered, I loved what that woman said. And I wanted nothing more than to be able to get up when I was an adult and have really cool experiences to share with youth and to be able to be someone like that. And I had forgotten about that experience until I realized, wait, I am growing into this version that my younger self wanted me to be. Now I can savor that. I made that younger version of me proud of myself. And so I'd like to ask you, what dreams have you gotten? What dreams have you gotten that you forgot that you had? What did you have? What desires did you have in your heart when you were younger that you really wanted to come to fruition, but you just didn't know how or if it would ever happen? Could be the place that you live, the people you surround yourself by, the work that you're in. Now, when you start to see, I already have more than enough, then you can savor it and understand how proud you are making the younger version of you proud of yourself today. This is amazing. And you get to pick what your Tetris effect will be. Will your Tetris effect be to focus on the things that have gone wrong, the negative self-talk that you have, or is your Tetris effect going to shift into new habits of learning to savor and celebrate yourself, celebrate what you have done and who you've become along the process. And we're always in a state of becoming. We never reach and we never have an arrival of I'm there. Maybe when we die, I think probably after we're dead. But right now we always can improve. And so it's always, how can I continue to to focus on the things that are going to bring me the most joy, happiness, satisfaction? So again, I ask you today, think about the things that you have achieved that you haven't let yourself celebrate. Think about the things that you want to savor and you want to expand the time of enjoying that moment. I can't wait to hear what your things are. Shoot me an email or leave me a comment. Leave a review on the podcast. Let us know what you are savoring, what you are enjoying about your life. Okay, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.